And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. My loneliness is killing me I must confess, I still believe When I'm not with you Lose my mind, give me a Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Wednesday, May 19th. I'm J.E. Skeets rolling with the homie, Tass Mellis. What's up, everybody? I got that same skirt we saw in that cold open. Or my daughter has a doll that has that skirt. Can't wait to try that. Oh, awesome. We also got my top shot hot boy, Trey Kirby. Hey! Hey! Yo! The international man of mystery taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. Friends. And last but not least, making the magic happen, it's JD. Hello. There he is. Here we are. Hashtag full squad. TK, I see you're busy over there clicking away. You're trying to get these Grateful Dead tickets, are you? Oh, that's right. (laughs) Sit tight. Securing my verified tickets as we speak. All right. Atlanta show looking good. Skeetsy. All right. Good for you, man. What a day. What a day. All right. Shout out to the stream team joining us live right now on YouTube. Smash that like button. Leave your comments. And if you haven't already, come on, subscribe to No Dunks on YouTube and make sure you check out yesterday's bonus show, bonus podcast with MSNBC host Chris Hayes. I just finished listening to this one this morning, guys. It was fantastic. Chris Hayes, he's a sicko like us. He's a diehard <laughs> League Pass NBA fan and uh, he really knows his stuff. And that's a great conversation that you guys had with him. I know he, uh, he had to bounce there at the end, didn't he, Tass? But uh, <laughs> he got a good, what, 30 to 40 minutes with Chris before he actually had to go work. Yeah, listen, when you talk to the, uh, the people who are booking uh, our guests, you kind of have to give them a ballpark. I said 30 minutes, knowing full well, it's going over 30 minutes. <laughs> and the PR person should know that as well. And it did. And yeah, so it's totally fair that he says... Um, I have a job. I mean, I, he had he has he had to do a full hour show, seven hours from that moment. So he was getting on a call. I do believe a, a production call where he was talking about real stuff. He wasn't talking about Alexei Pokashevsky's long arms. He's talking about real international <laughs> relations. So much respect to Chris that he knows so much about basketball. He does, while also knowing about you know real stuff. So yeah. Yeah, he was he was fantastic. Email us your questions and comments for the next Beach Steppin' Podcast. Email them in nodunksattheathletic.com. Tweet them in at nodunksinc. I know I said on Monday, I said earlier this week that we would be stepping on the beach on Wednesday because we usually do, but no Beach Steppin' later today. So you got even more time to get your questions and comments in. And finally, go grab yourself some sweet No Dunks merch over at nodunks.com. Okay, we're going to get to previewing and predicting tonight's two 
Western Conference playing games. But first, let's quickly recap last night's action. It shouldn't take all that long. Uh, we did have some blowouts, unfortunately, last night. Task calling that first one with the uh, Pacers Hornets. Woo, boy, that was over in a hurry. But we'll start with the more entertaining game, even though it was an 18-point victory. Jason Tatum exploding for 50 points as the Celtics defeat the Wizards and claim the seventh seed. So Boston going on to take on the Brooklyn Nets. But uh, Lee, get us started here. Tatum is the, the big story, of course, from this one. An unbelievable performance, especially in the third quarter there. Yeah, exactly. At halftime, the Wizards were actually looking pretty good. Beal had a pretty strong second quarter there, and the Wizards took a lead, and it was like, maybe the Wizards can do this. But in the third, Tatum, you say, and of course, Kemba Walker contributed as well. They combined for 32 points, but it was Tatum's 23, and he got what he wanted. The Wizards had absolutely no one to stop him. It was kind of Beal on it. was Ish Smith on him for a while. And Tatum's like, sweet, I'll take these matchups. Uh, when he was open for three, he took those, knocked a couple of those down. If they closed out, he drove inside. He got to the free throw line. He took seven for the quarter, made them all, went 17 for 17 for the game from the free throw line. So practice your free throws, kids. Uh, but really, that yeah, that third quarter, he and the Celtics just picked apart the Wizards' defense. Uh, didn't really have a lot of contested shots. And the Wizards kind of hung in there in the fourth, kind of, not really. It was a sort of double-digit lead for most of that quarter, and they just couldn't really get close. They just didn't really have any offense. Uh, as I say, Beal was okay, but he, he didn't look 100%. Westbrook didn't really get it going. Bertans was awful, 0 for 7 from downtown. And there was just nobody else there. So they, on one end, they didn't have anyone who could really contain Jason Tatum, who, did, who looked like a superstar out there and really played a superstar game. And then on the offensive end, I didn't think the Celtics defense was super great. I just think the, uh, the the Wizards just didn't have enough offense. So in the end, an 18 point lead, uh, 18 point win, very very comfortable win here for the Celtics. And uh, you know they're going to feel pretty good. Uh, I mean they face the Nets now, of course, in the first round. But um, Tatum stood up like a superstar. Just unfortunate these stats don't count for anything really. So uh... <laughs> yeah, what's going on with this decision here by the NBA? So, they don't count yeah. as regular season stats. Okay. Yeah. Why don't they count as postseason stats? It's very weird. It's just like they're they're their own thing, I guess, or they're just lost in space. Yeah, I guess that's but... on basketball reference is going to be a little extra yeah. like playing games. But uh, yeah, a really masterful performance by a superstar, Jason Tatum. You know, the Celtics again in that second quarter started to sh- show signs of vulnerability. I thought. Beal was playing really well, but then they just uh, it just evaporated in that third quarter, and that, that's what superstars do. Yeah, Tass, a twenty to four run after intermission there by the Celtics, and then they wouldn't you know relinquish that lead. It didn't get all that close, uh, and most of it was it was Tatum, and then it was Kemba there in that third quarter where it felt like those guys were scoring every single time. I think foul trouble really hurt the Wizards as well. Um, not that they were really like doing all that great a job of slowing Tatum in the first half; he was getting his still. But Rui Hachimura there picking up his fourth early. And then it was like, well, now who's going to be guarding him? You got Beal struggling through an injury, and then, yeah, Burton's getting switched on him, and that was a joke. Uh, they just didn't have an answer for him. That's totally true. Uh, it was really unfortunate. I, th- I think Scotty Brooks could have changed it up a little bit more uh, rather than just switching everything and l- allowing Littles guarding him. Uh, you just mentioned a couple guys guarding Jason Tatum, who is – uh, a monster. Uh, you mentioned Ish Smith guarding him. Um, come on. Uh, that can't happen. Howell Neto also coming back from an injury in the starting lineup. That can't happen. It, it's like the Wizards decided, especially after they were probably roped in a little bit uh, with Jason Tatum's slow start to the game. It's like they just decided, we're getting in a track meet. We're switching everything. Whatever the Celtics put up and score, they put up and score. And we're going to try and outscore them on the other end. And... With two guys in the starting lineup with the Wizards uh, who didn't do 
a, a whole heck of a lot. Alex Len, who you know, <laughs> is sort of a placeholder. Is he playing? This yeah, is so stupid. I mean, I it's know he has a decent couple of games every now and then, but like, Scotty Burke, come on. At like, as a Scotty Brooks throwback right no there. Doubt. Shout out to Kendrick Perkins playing for no reason back in the 2012 finals. Love to see it, Alex Len. I mean, it's not like you were getting a ton from Daniel Gafford, no. but I guess Robin Lopez, Robin Lopez is the guy I mean. to go to right there. Um, I don't know. It basically just comes down to the fact that Beal and Westbrook didn't play well enough to win this game, right? Uh, and that's yeah. uh, that's the big thing for the Wizards. They have two really really solid players. Beal was moving pretty well last night, all things considered, but. When one guy on the Celtics is going for 50 and you can't really get that from your two stars on the Wizards, that's the deal right there. Westbrook's got to be better if they're going to win their next game. Yeah, and Westbrook's scoring style is definitely better suited for the regular season when guys aren't willing to put up uh, their bodies on the line and there's help just to stop Westbrook. Like, guys were just getting in his way and he was trying to rumble through them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the stat line is... Okay, when you see the point total of 20 points, but it took him 18 shots to get there. He's only 6 of 18. I thought it could have been a heck of a lot worse. He got some nice bailout foul calls, and there's the goaltend on Tristan Thompson. Uh, But then you say, well, maybe Westbrook should be passing more. Well, Hal Neto just wasn't himself. We're talking about injuries with Bradley Beal. Uh, Neto wasn't himself. Alex Len wasn't doing anything out there. Who is Westbrook really going to pass to when Bertans was having a, a bad game? Yeah, Scotty Brooks had to play his uh, better guys more. Like, they, I think that was a mistake. I mean, you do have a vet in Robin Lopez uh, to help out, but yeah, it, it, it comes down to um, guys making shots. And Bradley Beal, maybe the hamstring got tight at halftime because uh, that tends to happen with hamstrings. Uh, it was, it was the talk on on the broadcast yesterday. You you sit and you you cool down, uh, but uh, the whole team cooled down in the second half. Westbrook desperately needed Beal to score, and and Westbrook uh, couldn't do much. He had zero assists in the second half, not one. And then, yeah, you're just letting Tatum just go off. That 23-point third quarter was masterful. To put 23 mm-hmm. points up in a quarter, that ain't easy. Mm-hmm. Um, and and he was getting whatever switch he wanted. Uh, you know, a double perhaps, maybe? <laughs> Anything? I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I think something. that would help. Because he's cooking you. And, uh, you know, I know some Wizards fans might be upset with, like, him having those 17 free throw attempts. But Lee, you know, in watching the entire game, I'm like, no, he was aggressive. Like he Absolutely. attacked, like, okay, sure, there's, a, there's one or two where you're like, ah, maybe there's not a lot of contact there, and maybe he's not getting that. But, like, he even said after the game, like, we got them in the bonus early uh, in a lot of these quarters. And so they'll start racking up, and then you are sort of marching to the free throw line a, a little bit easier there. But I thought he just did put pressure on either small guys on him or getting a switch like Berton's blowing by him or getting comfortable with a step back and then, like, help coming in the form of Lopez or whoever was the big out there for the Wizards and just, like, not athletic enough to really not foul Tatum at the rim. I thought they were deserved basically 17 free throws. Oh, I, I didn't have a problem with them as well. I mean, watching back, like you say, there's a couple in the bonus where he just gets hit. He's not shooting, but right. that's what happens when you're yeah. in the bonus. You get to the free throw line and uh, yeah, you knocked them all in. And in, again, in that fourth quarter when, again, it wasn't really close, but he just got a couple more just to keep the Celtics, uh, you know, at, at a good distance. So that's what veterans do. And, and Jason Tatum, I mean, you know, he stepped up in big games before. So this is not unexpected, and especially with our Jalen Brown out there, you know, uh, he knew he was going to have to do a lot more. And Kemba Walker, I mean, he's such a pendulum swing, I think, too, for this team. When he's yeah. giving them some offense, he didn't shoot all that well. He finished with 29 points, but took 24 shots to get there. But I just think that you've got that support from Kemba, and when he's giving that, you know, uh, Tatum can can go out and score his 50, and it, and it just means so much more. So uh, that's a good sign here for the Celtics. I thought overall Kemba was moving pretty well as well because he's the sort of guy who's, 
obviously struggled a lot this season, certainly in playing back-to-backs. Uh, he gets a few days to rest here now before the series starts against the Nets, but they obviously need him to be really, really good in that series to give some uh, offensive support to Tatum. Because outside of that, you've got you know Marcus Smart, who we know is capable of scoring, but you're not going to rely on him to put up 20, 25 uh, per game in the in the uh, playoffs, and then it's like you know Neesmith hit a couple of shots last night, so they, they need their two stars to perform, and uh, and they did last night. Yeah, Tristan Thompson, I thought played pretty well for the Celtics. You know, we were talking a lot heading into this game about bigs. I mean, we named like six or seven bigs we thought might get some burn. You know, no taco fall there, unfortunately. But uh, did see Cornette for a hot minute. Uh, oh yeah, baby. Tristan Thompson, Trey, like twelve and twelve. I, you know, I, I honestly thought he played really, really well in this. Uh, obviously, helping them out on the boards and and even getting twelve points from Tristan Thompson. You'll take that any day of the week, I think. 12 points from Tristan Thompson in 2021. That's like 20 points from a regular scorer. I was impressed with the way he played because, yeah, Robert Williams was out there for a little bit, but then he was really struggling with his toe. But between Tristan Thompson putting a little pressure on the rim and holding things down defensively and on the glass and Tatum being an attacker last night, getting to the free throw line 17 times, the Celtics clearly made it a point to live in the lane and to show a little physicality out there, which is uh, something that has been a problem for the Beantown boys for the majority of this season. Last night, that was not the case. Yeah, it was really impressive to see Tristan Thompson step up, have a little bit of a throwback game. I guess five years ago, uh, this is uh, Tristan Thompson's prime. He looked good last night. If they're able to get that from him uh, against the Nets coming up in this next series, at least... Uh, at least it gives you a little bit of hope that they can um, steal a game or two uh, against Brooklyn. Yeah, and thank God for Tatum going for 50 tasks because otherwise this was a this was a bit of an ugly game. I mean, the sound was way off on the TNT broadcast, so we had Marv struggling, uh, trying to keep track of who's who. That's sort of nothing new right now. And just like every, like both teams missing a ton of shots. Like the Wizards did get looks. I thought I thought they were getting better looks in the first quarter and half, especially and like. You know, they had the lead, but they were not capitalizing. They should have been up, in, in all honesty, by 10, 15, 20 points, but they couldn't hit anything. It just had a summer league feel to me. Uh, we had Ish Smith going crazy, too. Maybe that's a part of it. <laughs> I don't know. Was it awesome. was a weird-ass game. Yeah, it it starts with the technical difficulties. Yeah. You know, the yeah, the yeah, everybody working uh, remotely didn't sound good. No. You know, that, that, that's kind of uh, bothersome. But, yeah, the second half, uh, the Celtics really picked it up, and... Yeah, everything was sort of telegraphed for the Wizards. They do play ugly, but, you know, you kind of knew what was coming with the Wizards. Uh, Westbrook was going to bring it down, and, you know, there was going to be a, a one-pass shot happening for, for the Wizards. Uh, and uh, it, it, I just find it hard to... I found it hard to just not have a, a better defensive plan uh, watching it for, for Tatum. You know, watching Beal, who's... Yeah, he, he was moving all right, but at the same time... If he doesn't have his hammies, he doesn't have his legs, and he's still giving up four inches or whatever he's giving up, um, it's 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 impossible to guard him, and mm. <laughs> it's impossible to guard him. And then the fifty burger comes, and uh, it was <laughs> it was fun to watch, sure, but it, it just felt like it, the the inevitable ending of you know Westbrook and the Wizards. Uh, run and, and whatever happens in uh, in game number two there uh, on Thursday, uh, it, you know it's going to end at some point pretty soon for them. Uh, it was just it was ugly. It wasn't uh, it wasn't pleasant uh, in any way, shape, or form. I thought the Wizards just had to play their better players a little bit more. Uh, you know, we just said, talked about Chris Hayes being a sicko. I mean, I'm I'm a bit of a Robin Lopez sicko. Like I love <laughs> I love Phoenix and Portland. Robin Lopez, like play him a lot, play him. 
I mean, he's good. Right. He's what, better what, than Alex he, Len. That's yeah, for he's sure. The, he's, yes. Yes. I, and Daniel Gafford's a perfect backup. You know, a perfect, like, change of pace big. But then Alex Len, who I've... I'm a sicko. I used to love Alex Len. Any guy who's played for Mike Fratello on the Ukrainian team, I'm happy to, to support. But, man, uh, you know, it's just he's just not adding a lot when Robin Lopez is a capable dude. He's a capable sport guy. Like, this, this is a win or go to the other game type of situation, the double elimination game. I think he should have played more just to help out Westbrook because Neto, you made, a, you, you made a big risk. You put two guys in the starting lineup, Neto being hurt, Len not adding a lot, and uh, they couldn't support. Well, what about the uh, you know conspiracy going around? People wearing the tinfoil hats saying, uh, oh, the Wizards threw this game, Lily. They don't want to play the Brooklyn Nets. They think they like their chances uh, you know, beating the Pacers team, who we're going to get to, obviously took care of the Hornets, and then get in there as the eighth seed and take on the Sixers. This was uh, all part of uh, Scotty Brooks and Westbrook's plan here, I guess. Uh, you buying that at all or no? Nah. No? Okay. Nah, nah. Once you play, you, you try to win. Uh, and, and again, I, I thought in that second quarter, I thought the, the Wizards are just looking like, again, driving inside, getting inside, because the Celtics don't have a great interior defensive presence either. But in that third quarter, it was just, it was really like, put on your big boy pants. And uh, Jason Tatum did. And, uh, you know, you were sort of waiting for a response from the Wizards. And it yeah. just didn't, it just didn't really come. Uh, whether or not that was on the defensive end, or if it was like, okay. And again, like Davis Bertans, you know, he, he's a frustrating player because we've seen those games, uh, uh, you know, where he hits like three or four in a row. He just flings the ball at the rim and it goes in. But in a playoff type game, you know, he was just clunking everything. Oh, like, he was missing by oh, yeah. a mile. Yeah. yeah. That one, yeah. That one so, on the baseline that he hit, it was like, you know, from uh, from like 10 feet away. Yeah. I think I don't think his left hand touched it. Like he, he caught it in one motion. It was sweet. Was it his only make? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah right. That was it. Yeah, he didn't hit a, a, a three at all. So, But, I mean, that's the way he plays. So that's he didn't change his style. But, man, it just <laughs> I, the spotlight of it just looks so awful, I yeah. think, in, under considering what the stakes were last night. So, you know, maybe he'll uh, – maybe because uh, they'll be at home. Yes, they'll be at home for their yeah. next game. So maybe <laughs> he can uh, maybe he can fire up. But, again, if you're re- less, re- relying on Bertans to get you through, it's uh, – uh, extremely risky strategy yeah um we'll we'll get to again we'll talk about the pacers here in a second and we'll we'll save actually getting to the prediction of whether or not the celtics can you know pull off a miracle beating the nets how many games they could take from them but jd if you want to throw it up we do know saturday's playoff schedule this is locked in these are the four teams and again we're gonna do our predictions for all of these playoff matchups uh, likely there on Thursday night. Remember, guys, we're going at night on Thursday and Friday for the rest of the week here after the play-in games. But got Miami-Milwaukee getting everything started. The 2 p.m. Eastern uh, tip there. Or maybe it goes a little bit later. They got a pregame show. Who knows? They always get us with that. And we got Dallas Clippers, Boston-Brooklyn. There it is on ABC and then Portland-Denver. I mean, that's a damn good-looking schedule, if I'm being honest there, for uh, to start the playoffs up. So that starts on this Saturday, May 22nd. But again, we'll get to uh, predicting and previewing all those series a little bit later in the week. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? 
Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. So Washington now flies home. You said it there, Lee, uh, where they're hoping Bertans can hit some shots. And uh, Russ is a little more fired up. They're going to face the Pacers on Thursday night for a chance to uh, take on the top-seeded Sixers in round one because the Pacers throttled the Hornets. <laughs> Again, Tastradamus was all over this way. Oh, watch, watch. We're all excited for this play-in tournament. This first game is going to be a snooze fest. And it was. I mean, right from the jump. 144 to 117 was the final score. So the Pacers stay alive, and they will take on the Wizards in Washington, trying to get that eight seed. But TK, uh, well, we had something special happening in this game. And uh, what other notes do you have from this blowout by the Pacers? Oh, yeah. Big numbers for the Pacers. Big numbers for DeMontis Sabonis. Can't believe it happened in the very first play-in game. A prime cut of play-in beef. JD, roll that beautiful beef footage. DeMontis Sabonis had 21 rebounds. Uh, where's the beef? No dunks. We love roast beef, which is lost to the netherworld. Oh no! We had a beef problem last night! For an entire season, we've been joking about where do these play-in tournament stats live? Are they regular season stats? Are they postseason stats? Even the Pacers put up a meme about it yesterday. So I went to check in on this beef from DeMontis Sabonis. The stats are nowhere to be found. The clips are nowhere because the NBA themselves doesn't know where to put these stats. They're kind of tucked away underneath a preseason tab, I guess because these games are just a little bit different. I don't know where they are, but Sabonis was legitimately great last night. Just unfortunate we couldn't source the beef. Wow. Wow. This is, uh, I mean, this is, I mean, I'm great. I'm happy for him. I mean, he had a triple double almost 14 points, 21 boards, nine assists, but, uh, no beef highlights. I mean, I get excited for these rebound highlights now lately, and they're, they're gone. They don't even, like, they, I don't even think they happened. <laughs> maybe not. Maybe uh, that's Holy it. The dream. NBA. It's, it's, it's funny, though, they haven't sort of made a decision on, on what it is because it's not regular season, is it? But anyway, this game was disgusting. The Hornets were completely <laughs> not ready at all from the tip. That first quarter, it was either Dougie knocking in threes or they just drove inside and there was no defense at all from the Hornets. And I think it's an inexperienced thing. I think, you know, I mean, James Borrego, obviously they had a a strategy there to sort of pack the paint and try to make it tough. And the Pacers are like, okay, great, we'll just shoot the ball. And they did and knocked them all in. And then the Hornets just could not recover at all. They never never made this a contest. So uh, very, excuse me, very impressive though by the Pacers just come out and pound a team. So maybe the Hornets learn from this because overall it's been a very good season, I think, for the Hornets. I think they can take a lot of positives out of it going forward. But... uh, Man, this was just an, an embarrassing performance from Charlotte from the tip, you know, yeah. to get humiliated like that. Um, and uh, the paces were, were super impressive because just, pr- well, not just pride, but a few hours before, Karis LeVert was ruled out and he obviously won't be able to play in the next game against the Wizards due to health and safety protocols. So that was a huge blow. But Brogdon yeah. did, did play, of course, and Sabonis, who was questionable, but he played and was dominant. So 
Uh, well done to the Pacers. They were very, very impressive, and the uh, Hornets were uh, the opposite of that. Yeah, Indiana jumped out to an early 10-point lead in the first four minutes, and it was over. They never looked back, really, and Doug McDermott was huge, 16 of his uh, 21 there in the first quarter. Um, Anything to add to this, Tess? <laughs> I mean, there's not a whole lot to say. We can get into, like, what the Hornets should do maybe in the offseason here and, uh, you know, even start looking at this Pacers-Wizards breakdown if you want. But, yeah, well, what did you think? You called it. You said this was going to happen. You're like, oh, watch. Yeah. The first game of the plan, it's, it's going to suck. And then everyone's going to be like, what's the point of the plan? Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I sort of called it after a while. It was. I, I think the Pacers knew uh, coming, coming to, to midcourt, there was even – Pre-tip, there was a Malcolm Brogdon stank guy. Like, he looked over. I think he was looking at LaMelo Ball. But when Malcolm Brogdon is focused and ready to give the stank guy, like, they, they were at home, obviously. The any experience uh, did play a part. But they knew they were going to win, I suppose. And and, and Malcolm Brogdon is an experienced guy. He, he came over to uh, the Pacers to be, you know, a 1A type of guy with whoever they were going to end up having. And, uh, you know, it, it, him alongside Levert and alongside Sabonis, you'd think, you know, would be a solid makeup. Uh, and then you lose Levert. My hot take was going to be when uh, when Levert was out for the game, when I heard he was out, that when the Pacers lost, Levert cost Nate Bjorker in his job. Oh, but, wow. uh, that, yeah, nice that, yeah, yeah, it's going to be a really fun, uh, really fun take. But, yeah, the Pacers <laughs> came out. And Sabonis wasn't awesome to start the no, game. No, uh, no, at all. At all. The, the real story is that this team was ready to play. So the guys uh, that came out were Doug McDermott, uh, that everybody forgot of. Um, even when we talked about the game, we didn't mention him. And, obviously, the Hornets forgot about him. He was getting, like, baseline out-of-bounds plays. Like, here you go, bucket. You know, like, just getting offensive rebounds. It was so easy for him. And O'Shea Brissett. Yeah, baby. Yeah, Raptors G League player. He was in the G League this year. He's 10 of 14 in this game. And he got the confidence because they were kicking ass, because, uh, uh, you know, everything else was happening in their favor. So O'Shea Brissett, you know, took the shots that were there for him. And he stopped run after run after run in this game when the Hornets were trying to come back. So, uh, you know, up and down the roster, yeah, they uh, it was a smoke show. It was absolutely a smoke show. Nate Bjorken maybe saved his job for another day. I mean, that's that's... That's for the offseason, but they obviously played for him. Uh, they played extremely hard for him, and I wonder if Levert comes back for Thursday. Is that Has that been determined? Well, well he's in the protocols, yeah, right? So I think seven to ten days, they're saying. I know I, I saw Barkley saying, what? Why couldn't he, in theory, play? I mean, it'll be like, yeah, 48 hours after. Couldn't he do the tests and clear? But, yeah, I think uh, Ernie was saying, no, he's in that full – correct me if I'm wrong, but the way I took it was that yeah, yeah. he's in that full seven to mm-hmm. ten um day window there so he will not be playing which is which obviously sucks but yeah maybe uh O'Shea Brissett and Doug McDermott can ball out again because they were awesome and Brissett for those that don't know I mean yeah I believe he's is he from Mississauga Tess or did he go to school out there or something like that but obviously I gotta find out I can't believe I forgot I I think so but Brissett the best a man can get and I don't know (laughs) where where is Brissett from he was born in Toronto yeah 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 I I think he did some schooling in Mississauga but he for those yeah, he did. St. Aloysius <laughs> Gonzaga. Oh, wow. Okay, he's yeah. pumped up now. Um, this guy wasn't on an NBA team in March. And like, he played in the G League there. But he started over like the last 15 or 16 games and like played himself into a contract, a multi-year deal. Because he was averaging like 13-7 and seven for this Pacers team, who was obviously going through some turmoil, had lost a bunch of guys, so he got an opportunity with no Miles Turner there and some more minutes at the big. Uh, and... and as, as you know, now looks like a reputable NBA player. So good for him, another Canadian here, and and balled out in this one with the 23 points. And he had, 
uh, maybe the highlight, I guess, of the well, one of the highlights of the game there off the uh, alley oop. So threw it down. Good for him. Uh, awesome. And yeah, Mississauga. Boy, Shopping there, at Aaron Mills Town Center for sure. There you go. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. There wow. You go. So. Maybe, maybe would make the trek over to square one every once in a while. O'Shea Brissett. Awesome. Good for him. Um, Lee, who do you like in a, in a, a Wizards-Pacers win-in-your-end matchup here? Like, where, where are you leaning right now? Yeah, I mean, the Wizards are at home. Um, so I think that sort of probably tilted in their favor. But I think the way that the Pacers played last night, they're going to feel very, very good and confident. And, of course, I think how is Bradley Beal going to feel? You know, he, he looked he got through the game, uh, but they obviously need a, a much better performance from uh, from Russell Westbrook as well, and then they need some contributions from other guys. Um, I, I guess I probably got the Wizards maybe a point favorite in this game, but um, I mean, if you're the Pacers, like I say, it, it's all about form and playing well, and they got contributions from from other guys, so they will feel pretty good and. Um, yeah, I, I guess the Wizards, but certainly not. <laughs> yeah. I'm just, yeah, it's, this guy's it's, flipping a coin. It, it's, yeah. it, it is, be because it's, it's just because of what we saw last night, I would say, the paces. But, you know, home court does play a factor into it, and you just expect a better response knowing that it's lose and go home from the Wizards. So uh, I, I, I've got the Wizards by a point at this stage. Yeah, right. Can't play Alex Len all of those minutes against <laughs> Sabonis. That's got to be – honestly, that's got to be a difference because Sabonis yeah. was – why really why the Pacers won last night he controlled the game like you're saying he didn't have a great game shooting the ball but that was because the they were going out of their way to double team him and take things away clog the paint so he was finding wide open shooters wide open cutters uh Alex Len's gonna be running out there when you got uh Robin Lopez sitting on the bench a box out boy uh amongst the best in the NBA at putting a body on somebody he's gonna have to play because Sabonis just can control the game and if the Wizards are gonna be soft inside like they were against the Celtics last night that's scary hours because Sabonis had a great game last night so uh, hopefully not a whole bunch of Alex Len if you see a lot of Alex Len that's gonna be a win for the Pacers Uh yeah no doubt Sabonis could come in and have a monster game if he sees Alex Len in front of him I totally agree that's 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 a huge uh, sway like right in the first quarter um, because they're going to play on the other end. Uh, they they show that they're ready to scramble if uh, if if they want to. And uh, like in this game, I mean, they took Lamelo Ball out of this game really because Lamelo Ball needs to play with great players. He, I think that would that would really help Lamelo. But helps everybody. But Lamelo is one of those guys that um, you know if he's going to have these driving lanes. It, it needs to be because he's playing with with scores. So uh, I, I think, um, yeah, Sabonis is going to have a big game. Why is Scotty Brooks going to take Alex Len off the floor? Uh, Sabonis is just going to run circles around uh, tomorrow, it feels like. Sabonis against uh, the Wizards this year, 32 points, 14 rebounds, 9 assists in 3 games. <laughs> 61% from the field. Three losses, though, for Indiana. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. The Wizards got yeah. the best of them. There were some close games, if I remember correctly. Yeah, definitely won all the time. Because the Pacers allow shots at the rim, which is what the Wizards do. Uh, so that's that's the problem. The Wizards score a ton in the paint. I think they had a game where they had, like, something ridiculous, like 96 points in the paint against uh, a monster game against the Pacers. That's oh, yeah, the didn't problem. Schumann point out, like, I think the Pacers-Wizards played... Was it the fastest or the second fastest game, like, you know, in terms of pace, like in the last 25 years or something like that when they previously played? <laughs> it was like an insane number of you're possessions right, that right. were in that the game because there was Schumann not a lot of know. defense. Yeah. Schumann, let us know if you're Don't in the Don't see in the streamers this morning. Okay. Well, if you are there, Schumes, let us know. Um, Lee, you slipped it in. You think the Hornets had a successful season, obviously, despite 
you know, losing this game and, and are not even going to be playing in the, in the next game for the playing tournament. They're not making the playoffs. We know that. But you think still having a top 10 record in the East with all the injuries to like Gordon Hayward and LaMelo and Bridges there for a time, Devontae Graham for a time, that it was still a successful season overall? Overall, yes. Yeah. Uh, I mean, look, the season certainly ended badly. I think they lost their last six regular season yep. games and then you know, obviously embarrassed there last night. But LaMelo Ball is clearly a star player. They got that draft pick right. So he is the focus going forward. They've got him. Gordon Hayward, I think, overall had a decent season. And, and you know, he, again, the injuries, he's an injury-prone player and he missed a ton of games, which obviously hurt them. But I think there's still uh, something there they can uh, get out of him. And then it's what, what are they going to do with their backcourt? They've got some star players there, or players with potential. You know, they've got guys like Malik Monk and PJ Washington. I think these guys have got something there. If they draft well again and they can, you know, maybe trade, make a trade or sign someone in free agency, I think there's uh, some positive signs because they've been a pretty ordinary team for a long time. But now they, I think, have got finally uh, some building blocks there. They need to improve in the middle as well with uh, Zeller and Biombo. Uh, Zeller was pretty bad there last night. So they need a big, they need some other pieces. But I think when you just look at LaMelo and the season that he had, I think they should be pretty excited that going forward things are going to get better. Yeah, what's their what's their number one you know thing they need to address? You think Trey this offseason is it the center position? They need a big, they need a big guy. Uh, they got to upgrade from Zeller and Biombo, exactly like Lee's saying. Especially because you assume that Lamelo is going to be playing some pick and roll basketball. It would be nice to have a rim runner uh, back at the trade deadline before the Hawks really took off. John Collins was a name that was discussed for the Hornets. I think that could be a nice fit if they're able to get him uh, away from Atlanta. I think he's a restricted free agent, right? So obviously mm-hmm. the Hawks could match if they want, and maybe they would want to considering they're division rivals, and that sometimes plays out. But uh, a player like John Collins who can get to the rim on some rolls, can help from uh, the perimeter as well, shooting three-pointers, I think he would be a very nice fit alongside Lamelo. Yeah, Tass, is there any other centers uh you know as we start looking at guys in free agency that you could see maybe the uh hornets making a move Rashawn holmes is a popular name that is maybe more of a realistic get i know the kings do love him too uh nerland's noel another possibility like having a just a big guy that can give you a little something inside uh, a little bit more than a biombo and a zeller or anyone else i'm forgetting maybe trading for miles turner for crying out loud uh can he be acquired i know he's not maybe the rim runner like a collins but obviously he's going to help your defensive presence inside yeah, I wonder what they're going to go after because uh, they're rumored to basically have acquired Mark Gasol before the Raptors did, right? Mm-hmm. Back in, in 2019. I wonder if uh, MJ up in the uh, up up in the press box might want a more of a traditional type of guy. Uh, just, I have no real clue, but uh, it would make more sense um, what you guys are, are saying. More, more of an athletic uh, rim runner for sure. I, I don't. I can't think of it. I don't think Lowry Marketing would really fit the bill. Um, but, you know, John Collins is similar too. But, yeah, you need some more, in my opinion, more of a defensive-minded guy yeah. than, than those guys that we're mentioning. And if you're the Hornets, maybe you just go all in on offense because basically that's what we're talking about here. If you're running out uh, LaBello Hayward and P.J. Washington and Rozier, maybe you're trying to outscore teams. But... I don't know. They, they they could go to somebody who's more of a traditional quarterback on the defensive end, mm. although no one's really coming to mind uh, at this point. I don't think they want Marcus Sol. No, don't think don't, <laughs> I don't think, think that's so. happening in twenty twenty one. No, I unfortunately don't think so. They do have like their draft picks. They could have up to twenty million dollars, um, you know, in free agency to play with. They do have to make some decisions on Devonte Graham, restricted mm-hmm. free agent. Um, same with Cody Zeller, whether they want to have, to try and keep him. 
They've got contract extensions that they can explore with Bridges. You know, do you try and lock him up? He had a great season. Uh, I think they're really impressed with what he gave uh, them this year. So maybe they want to. Yeah, exactly. Maybe try and get him under uh, contract for for some more years. And then Terry Rozier is a possibility for a contract extension too. So some moves to be made there by uh, who's in charge there? It's not MJ Kupchak. Yeah, Mitch Kupchak. Mitch Cupcake. So he's got some uh, (laughs) decisions to make. But yeah, I'm with you, Lee. I mean, the Gordon Hayward, like, weren't the Hornets like flirting with the fourth and fifth seed like before Gordon Hayward went down at the start of April like and then they fell off I mean they fell all the way of course to 10th and then you know lose by 40 points to the Pacers who are Mm -hmm. missing like maybe three of their best guys or three of their top four guys uh with no Warren and Turner and Lamb in the mix and all that blah 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 but or Lavert. um so a good season a weird season but I guess a building block moving forward okay let's get to tonight's games let's preview them and let's predict them Tass, we'll start with the uh, well, the game everybody's excited for. Let's hope it's a little more entertaining than these two we had uh, last night. But Warriors Lakers, here it is. Here it is. Uh, winning, you're in. Uh, losing, it's okay. You'll take on the winner of the uh, Spurs Grizzlies. <laughs> but what are you watching for in a Warriors Lakers matchup tonight? Tass, 10 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. Have at it. I am watching for anybody associated with the NBA. Their Twitter accounts, how excited they are pregame, because this is exactly what they wanted. Uh, I, listen, the first thing I'm thinking about is if LeBron James mind games are going to work on Steph Curry. Uh, you know, that's the, you know I'm, I'm thinking storylines, because, uh, you know, if, if, if you go back to, to Sunday when Steph was playing the Grizzlies for the eight seed, essentially, mm-hmm. John Morant took to Instagram before the game and said, locked in. And that's Steph's Uh-oh. line. Yeah, you, Steph notices. He he noticed. He talked about <laughs> he talked about it after the game. He said, "Yeah, of course." I, I, I he said, "Quote: I see everything." Uh, and, and then uh, and then he shot up a career high thirty six field goal attempts. Unbelievable. Yeah, uh, thirty six shots and twenty two of them threes. He scored forty six. Now is LeBron's message that he is the MVP of the league. He said that Steph's the MVP of the league for for his money. Is that going to backfire? Uh, I doubt. I, I just I don't know how to play. Schroeder said the same thing yesterday, like something to that effect um, in uh, in pregame media. So I just want to see what kind of stuff comes out. The, the issue with uh, the Warriors is how are you going to stop LeBron and AD? Like the Lakers mm-hmm. size is just, you know, it's a common theme with other teams in the league. Uh, but. It's, it's up to Wiggins and Bazemore, who has had problems with LeBron before, to stop LeBron. Those are the wings to stop LeBron. And and AD is, I don't know who's going to try. Like, obviously, it's Draymond. Draymond. Uh, but, yeah. but, man, it, I mean, that's, it, takes, it takes a village to stop those two, especially with the, <laughs> with the lack of size they have. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, if, if Wiggins can really, really have a huge game it comes back to it always comes back to Andrew Wiggins uh then maybe the Warriors can take this but it's up to the the shooting of Steph if Wiggins is locked in both offensively and defensively uh Wiggins is going to have opportunities because they're going to get the ball out of Steph's hands the Lakers are good at guarding guards they are good at taking away Damian Lillard they did it last year in the bubble they 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 did it against the Rockets and James Harden last year in the bubble that's what they do mm-hmm. so uh it's going to be up to the wings it's going to be up to to Steph um to find the right guys and the other guys to convert and then on the other end just freaking pray that uh Anthony Davis and LeBron just 
aren't feeling it. So uh, yeah, there's a there's there's a few things I guess I'm watching. Yeah, I mean you see the marquee for this, and it's obviously being uh, promoted. Of course, why wouldn't you? With the two best, some of the two best players in the game, Curry versus LeBron, and I think your mind immediately goes like, oh man, this is going to be like. It's going to be a scoring fest, Trey. This is, going to, this is going to be like 135, 130, 140, whatever. They're going to be putting up buckets. I don't think it's going to be that because these are like elite defensive teams. The Lakers, number one defensive team in the league, despite not having AD and LeBron for good chunks of it. That's amazing. And then the Warriors, or the final 20 when James Wiseman goes out, and he goes down, and they shift to that smaller, you know, more veteran sort of uh, defensive presence there with Draymond running the show. They were the best defense in the league over these last 20. The Warriors. Like, this could be... A slog fest because they are great defensive squads here, um, which could still make for a very exciting game. Don't get me wrong. Like, if we're in the uh, high 90s or even just cracking over 100 and it's tight, then we're going to be all for it. But I just, I think some people, maybe the casual is like, oh, this is going to be a high scoring affair. These are great defensive teams. And, and you know, who's going to come out on top tonight? Yeah, Skates, you know I love offense more than anything, but even tonight I'll be defense! <laughs> defense! Because <laughs> there's great questions to be asked on both sides. Like, how much can Draymond Green slow down Anthony Davis? That is a huge mm-hmm. question for me. If the Warriors are going to be able to keep this close and maybe knock off the Lakers, Draymond has to be special. He considers himself the greatest defender of all time. Let's see it because Anthony Davis maybe is the toughest matchup in the league. Prime Draymond, maybe the best option to stop him. Draymond not quite at his prime, but he's been playing pretty well lately. I think the Warriors are planning to single cover him. That way they're not giving up those four on threes. But Davis has a lot of size on Draymond. He's got a lot of skill, obviously, and he's a super athlete. And that's without considering, like Tass is saying, the Lakers have a lot of size at other places. LeBron is a lot bigger than Andrew Wiggins. We'll see which centers they roll with. Maybe it's Marcus Gasol. Maybe it's Andre Drummond just to have a little presence on the glass. But there is an opportunity, no doubt, for the Lakers to pound the dubs on the glass and inside. And for the Lakers, how much are they going to do with Steph Curry? They blitzed Willard a lot last season. They've got Dennis Schroeder coming back, but he hasn't played in a while. So that's a tough ask for him to stick Steph Curry. Also got KCP, Alex Caruso, a couple of different options and a couple of different looks that they're going to give Curry. But it'll still be interesting to see if they can actually stick Stick with them. So we've got a defensive battle inside for the Warriors. We've got a defensive battle outside for the Lakers. Ugh. Ugh. I can't believe I'm talking about defense yeah. this much. But these teams are actually great defensively, and they got some highlight defensive players. I'm tapped in. Get down in your stances. Slap that floor. We're going crazy tonight for the defense. Yeah, Lee, do you believe the Lakers uh, can do a decent enough job of, of slowing down Steph Curry? They've had success in the past. You know, KCP can do a great job. They've got a great statue. Like, he just stays attached, and then he, like, trails hard on him. Of course, there's a lot of eyeballs on him. Um, and they're just a great defensive unit. And you, Caruso's a good defender. You know, he's at least going to give it his all out there and stuff and try and stick with Steph. Or, or is like, come on, it's Steph. He's going to go for another 35 shot attempts tonight, probably 20-plus three-point attempts, because it's their best chance to win. Uh, what, what do you think heading into it? Yeah, they, 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 the Warriors need Steph to have one of those just incredible performances. This is where Draymond has to work just as hard on the offensive end, setting all those picks and finding him there. But the Lakers have just got so many bodies they can just keep on throwing at him. And uh, that's what's going to make it challenging for Steph. I mean, he can get inside as well. He can uh, you know, get, get whatever shot he wants. But it just feels as though... 
if they don't have any other offensive support like a Wiggins or a Bazemore hitting shots, then it's like the Lakers can kind of say, well, if Steph's going to take 35 or 40 shots, he might score 50 points. But if they're not getting contributions from other guys, right. uh, it's going to make it so much tougher for the Warriors. So, you know, that, that's a thing. I think that, um, you know, at his best, yes, but it, the, the Warriors and Steph can sort of keep it close. But I just feel the Lakers, looking at that injury report, there is no injuries on that roster. So everyone's kind of fresh. And you can throw, like KCP, I think, will probably start on Steph. And he's proven to be a pretty good defender. Yeah. You know, he's physical, he's quick, he's got long arms. So that's his first challenge. And then it is, maybe it's a Schroeder, maybe it's a Caruso, who you know are just going to give everything to stick as close to him as possible, no matter how many screens the Warriors run to try to get Steph those shots. So uh, there's, a, there's a lot here. Um, but we have seen Steph obviously have some, uh, you know, big, big games and he can carry the team. And, and if he's hitting shots, then that does open up the floor a little bit and, and other guys will get opportunities. But uh, just feels the Lakers have almost timed this perfectly to get everyone fresh and ready for the play-in tournament here. They're at home as well. So uh, I definitely see why the line is uh, a five-and-a-half-point Laker favorite wow. uh, last I saw. So I think that's a fair one because I just... I just think as good as Steph and Draymond are, they uh, don't have much else outside of those guys that they can rely on. Yeah, again, credit a lot of the times to uh, the Lakers' defense on Curry, but Curry has always struggled in the Staples Center, too. If Mm. you go look at the stats, like he just cannot shoot in this building uh, compared to every other arena where he lights it up. He really struggles in it. Maybe it's the sight lines in there lately. I don't know. Maybe it's the lighting they do. I think it's only against the Lakers, though, isn't it? Is it not against the Clippers? He's fine. Oh, it's the the colors, I guess. Um, I believe that uh, CBS Sports' Sam Quinn has how this game is going to unplay correctly. I saw him write that... uh, the Warriors are going to win the first quarter of this game because they're just going to pick and roll the Lakers centers to death. Uh, and Curry's just going to start out on fire. And that is like we're talking like the bigs there uh, for, for the Lakers. You know, it, you know, this is when AD's not at five. But then at some point, Lakers are going to switch to AD at five and then order will be restored. I could see that going that way. But I would watch if that happens... For Kerr to then stop like using Draymond as the screen action and have it switch it up and go Bazemore and Wiggins, so then Curry is like attacking, you know, be it a Kuzma or some other sort of wing there on the Lakers player, and maybe has a little more uh, space to operate with and, and attack. I think that's something that Kerr can sort of counter with there, because you know, at some point in theory, um, yeah, AD will be will be playing the five, and that will always be better for the Lakers uh, in in. in um, instead of some of their slow-moving uh, other centers who are good, and Marcus Gasol and Montrose Harrell, okay, offensively he's great, defensively not as much. So, yeah, something to watch. Is this Wiggins' championship tonight here? Like, could Andrew, like, Andrew Wiggins has oddly always played well against LeBron in terms of just putting up numbers because there's that whole thing that LeBron never, uh, you know, gave a shout-out to Wiggins in the old SI piece, and then he was gone. Uh, and there's, like, a revenge factor there. <laughs> Uh, and both being, you know, number one picks in Cleveland. Like, I feel like this is his championship. Like, if Wiggins could come out and just have one monster game and the Warriors could beat the Lakers when a lot of people are picking the Lakers to move on. I don't know, Trey. Like, it's like, it's like salvages his, uh, at times, disappointing career to me. If he could just have a one game. Because I can't bet on Wiggins winning you a series. And I can't bet on Jordan Poole winning you a series or Bazemore. They don't need to win a series. They just need to win one <laughs> game here tonight against the mighty Lakers. Look, people are going to say, or people are already asking, is this game going to be the highest rated game of the playoffs? It's certainly possible. Yeah, possible. Lakers versus Warriors in a sort of do or die game. (laughs) So yeah, man, if you're Canadian and Andrew Wiggins goes out there and has 30 points, I think that that's a championship. 
uh, for Canadian fans <laughs> sure. out there. Uh, but only for Canadian fans. I don't think anybody else is going to care. <laughs> and honestly, if Andrew Wiggins scores 30 points tonight, the Lakers will probably be thrilled because it means they're trapping Steph Curry and Steph Curry's having to pass it to Andrew Wiggins all the time. And the Lakers will take their chances true. with that. It's true. Yeah. I, I kind of want to see the Warriors lose because I want to see Warriors jazz in, in, in the first round of the playoffs because I think the Warriors match up kind of all right against the Jazz. I wouldn't mind seeing that first round matchup when the Warriors have their sort of do or die game tonight. They can lose. I love how it's, I love how we can just, you know, play with the terminology here. It's a sort of do or die game. Then they play the winner <laughs> of uh, Grizzly Spurs to, to fight for that eighth seed and it'd be a rematch if it's um, if it is the Grizzlies of that Sunday game where mm-hmm. Curry went at Morant. So there's uh, lots of history there. All right. Well, let's, uh, I mean, you got any more X factors you want to talk about, Lily, or you want to make your prediction for this bad boy? Uh, I think the Lakers win this game. Uh, five and a half points feels about right to me too. I just feel, you know, uh, Davis has played enough games in the last couple of weeks here to look like he's pretty much close to hundred percent. LeBron obviously had a little bit of a setback, I think, but uh we know LeBron, he's just going to go out there and uh, do what he needs. He can afford to lose this game, but this is not like a traditional series game one loss. This is like LeBron just wants to win this game so he can prepare for Sunday's game. So uh, I think the Lakers win this one. Yeah, LeBron even said as much. He said, I usually use game one as the feel-out game in series, yeah. but I, you know, he basically said, I know I can't do that here in this just one game against the Warriors. So maybe, yeah, he comes in uh, locked in, super locked in. Okay, so you're going Lakers. TK, you're up next. Uh, anything else to add to this game tonight? And then who are you taking? New X Factor is LeBron deciding that it would be even better for his legacy if the Lakers <laughs> lose tonight. So oh then God. he can be the first guy to go from losing in the play-in to winning a championship. Jesus. That is an X Factor. But here's another X Factor. If the Lakers win, they get three days of rest before starting their first round Mm -hmm. series. I think that means more to the Lakers than anything. So give me the Lakers tonight. Tass? I agree. I think they win because LeBron wants to add to the legacy. He would be the first guy to win in a play-in game and then win the championship. So, yeah, why not? I I uh, I think it bodes well. Lakers... Sons, LeBron versus his old bud. Yeah, I'm already looking forward. Shouldn't do that. Shouldn't do that because you never know with Steph. But uh, yeah, I think, I think they do want the rest, and I think they're ready. I'm gonna swerve on this one because again, if this was a seven game series, there's no way I'm taking the Warriors. But it's this one game factor. It's this like we've seen Curry in March Madness, like in a one game, you know, win and go on when he's with Davidson. Like this is we just saw it on Sunday, basically. If you wanted to look at that game as. Uh, Sort of to get uh, at least another crack up to the eight seed there, so you could lose. Give me the Warriors, like just like, like I mean, give me a fifty point. Let me give me a Tatum like performance from Curry, and then yeah, you're gonna need help. You, Jordan Poole or Wiggins have to be both really special here tonight. Ooh, that's a hell of a bet to make. But I'm gonna start cleaning up the Airbnb on Wiggins Island. Make sure the Subway uh, restaurants in order. Uh, you know, get some more staff in because uh, I, I am booking on Wiggins, continuing to play well for whatever reason against LeBron and uh, having a really good Wiggins game. And the Warriors somehow somehow pulling off the uh, what would be a, I guess it's fair to say an upset here tonight. Uh, really on the, on the backs of Steph Curry. Give me the Warriors just because you guys are taking the layers. Lakers. <laughs> uh, you make a good point. There's another X factor. LeBron never played in a March Madness, so oh, he's not going he to understand, understand the pressure. It. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. <laughs> interesting. Interesting. I hadn't thought about that. All right. Let's hear from everybody in the stream team. Who are you taking tonight? By how many? Who's your X factor? All that good stuff. It's NBA playoffs time, and that means NBA snack time. I can't stop eating while I'm watching. 
so many options in my house that I gotta cut out a bit. I gotta switch it up, but I know I'm not giving up. Sunflower seeds, sure. But maybe something that's not a food for that oral fixation, perhaps? Good thought. Here's a breath of fresh air. Fume. Fume takes your habit and simply makes it better, healthier, and more enjoyable. Fume is an innovative, award-winning flavored air device. Instead of vapor, Fume uses flavored air. Instead of electronics, Fume is completely natural. And instead of harmful chemicals, Fume uses delicious flavors. You get it. Instead of bad, Fume is good. It's a habit you're free to enjoy and makes replacing your bad habit easy. Its taste is surprising. All natural stuff. It's fun to fidget with, and it's a good weight. The wood feels good, and it feels cool to use. Start the good habit by going to tryfume.com slash dunks and getting the journey pack today. Fume is giving listeners to the show 10% off when they use our code dunks to help make starting the good habit that much easier. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. Final game uh, tonight will be the first one, 7.30 p.m. Eastern. It is the Spurs and Grizzlies, uh, you know, a little less fanfare for this one, if we're being completely honest. But, Trey, uh, what are you watching for? I'm excited for it. I mean, I like both these teams. Young young talent, of course, and John Morant's must-watch. But what do you got your eye on? Oh, Spurs-Grizzlies played a famous series many, many moons ago. A legendary upset back in the day. Mm -hmm. Shout-out to Shane Battier. But for me... Neither of these teams are great three-point shooting teams, so I think it's going to be the battle at the rim that determines the winner tonight. You got John Morant. That guy is a driver. He's going to want to run pick and roll. He'll be going up against DeJounte Murray for the most part. Uh, That's going to be a tough matchup for Murray and Ja. On the other side, DeMar DeRozan, pretty much in the same uh, scenario. He's a driver as well. He'll be creating a lot going up against Dylan Brooks. Another great matchup. You got a couple of big old former Raptors waiting for those guys at the rim in Valanchunas and Pirtle. The three-point shooting, it's going to be a huge X factor. If either of these teams hits 15 tonight, they're probably going to win, but they're both bottom te- bottom 10 teams in three-point percentage, so points in the paint is what's going to win this game. The Stars honestly really need to perform. Uh, That means Ja needs to have a huge game if it's going to be the Grizzlies. DeRozan needs to have a huge game if it's going to be the Spurs because those are the most reliable buckets on their two teams. The Spurs, they got to make sure they control their turnovers because the Grizzlies want to get some steals and score in transition. That's an easy bucket for them. Uh, But yeah, uh, points in the paint I think is going to be massive this game. We're going to see some old school Valanchunas uh, post-ups. I think he's going to play a big part in this game as well. Should be fun. Should be an ugly one as well, I would imagine. <laughs> yeah, Tass, where are you leaning in this Spurs-Grizzlies matchup here? Uh, I'll probably lean with the Spurs. I, I think they're just going to you know, stay loyal to who they are. It's a bunch of mid-rangers, but a bunch of athletic guys getting to the rim. As Trey said, not a lot of threes happening in this game. You might flick on this game and the casual fan who is probably joining us on the YouTube stream now, probably tuning in for the play-in games, getting a, getting a little amp, those, guys, those types of people who only watch the playoffs, and they'll tune in and say, what is this? Is this 2007? I mean, it's, <laughs> the Memphis Grizzlies are dominant 
in the paint. That's what they do. And, and, and they just love hanging around the mid-range and the rim. Same goes for the Spurs. Uh, but there's a ton of athleticism on both sides. So, yeah, I, I think that, that matchup of uh, DeJounte Murray getting all up in John Morant uh, is key. I mean, this, that's, that's the kind of one-on-one matchup on the perimeter that doesn't happen a lot. But DeJounte Murray can do that. He is that good, uh, that long. And I think that's, that's all Pop is, is saying to him in his ear or as the assistant coaches uh, are saying in his ear. Like, this, that's your job tonight, just to try and, and stick jaw, try and get in his shorts as much as possible. So uh, that'll, that'll be what I'm watching. But there's a ton of athleticism on the court. There's uh, you know former Big B recipient Keldon Johnson in this game. There's a lot of guys who can get up and get after it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, a lot of athleticism, a lot of a lot of – a lot of banging. Pirtle and Valanchunas in the lane. Um, can't wait. Can't wait to get Nate Duncan's take on uh, Jakob Pirtle playing uh, some great rim defense. I mean, this is this, there's a lot going on in this game, for, for especially for the diehards. Lee, I, uh, I guess we said we were going to continue our weird Terry Rozier, Tim Hardaway bet. <laughs> Who is going to score more points uh, with uh, me going with Tim Hardaway Jr.? Rozier, of course, out now. So I still get the playoffs. I think we mm-hmm. said that, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, whatever. But you want to double or nothing on tonight's game? Who scores more? I'll take Dylan Brooks. You take Patty Mills? No, oh, I don't know. <laughs> Dylan Brooks was actually really good against the Warriors. I know, but Dylan Brooks, he can very easily go 3-20. Yeah. Don't you worry. And Patty yeah. Mills, as we know, yeah. can catch fire. He's struggled. Yeah, uh, sure. Why not? Yeah. Why not? Let's have some right. fun. We're going to make Let's this game a little fun. juicier, man. Uh, you know, speaking of that game on, on Sunday against the Warriors, the, the Warriors kind of Tony Allen jam around in that game and said, you want to shoot three, shoot him. And he went one for six. Um, and we saw last night, you know, a really inexperienced Hornets team looked inexperienced. And you could sort of look at the Grizzlies and say, you know, apart from Valanciunas, they're also very inexperienced. But in that playing game in Orlando last year, John Morant was actually very good. I think he had 38 points, you know, shot the ball pretty well, had a few turnovers, but didn't get overawed by the occasion. Valanciunas was actually very good in that game as well. So if you count that as anything, you know, the Grizzlies aren't afraid. Now, they're at home, but they actually have a worse home record than the Spurs have as a road record this season. It's only by one game, but it just shows that the Spurs can get up for those uh, games. And, and I think that's where it's key. I think if you look at DeMar DeRozan, he's the vet out there kind of who's going to play the Jason Tatum role. So get to the free throw line, put some easy baskets on the board and maybe get one or two of those uh, Grizzly guys in defenders uh, in uh, foul trouble. Because I think that's where it's key. And um, so that, I think, sort of, you know, is, is where the Spurs have to play. Is like use the experience of the guys you've got who have been there a little bit more than uh, than uh, the guys from the Grizzlies. So it should be close. The Grizzlies won the season series. They won, you know, had more a, a much better record than the Spurs as well. They're at home. Uh, no, you know, significant injury retu- uh, right now. Jaron Jackson's been back and he's been playing okay for them as well. So... It should be a it should be a fun sort of arm wrestle this game really. Um, I what's uh, <laughs> oh, well, a fun I mean, arm wrestle? A fun arm wrestle. I mean, it we're might like not be the, each other while we're arm wrestling. It might not be the prettiest game, but it should be a close game tonight. It really should be because I, I sort of don't see either team really just blowing the other team out. So uh, I think it favors the Grizzlies. Um, I think I'll take the Grizzlies too tonight again okay. in, a, in a in a close one. I think uh, two point win for the Memphis Grizzlies. I'm putting the line Memphis. I don't know what it is. It's probably about that. I'll say Grizzlies by uh, two and a half points. Okay. So I'm I think they you. win by three. I, I think yeah. Memphis wins this game too. I think it'll be close. Uh, I, I am excited for it. I know many people out there probably are not. Uh, but Tass, who, who are you going with? You're going Spurs? Nah. No. Nah, wow. No, They're talking I, them all up. Okay. 
Yeah, no, I, th- I, I believe in the Grizzlies as well. I believe in the Taylor Jenkins revenge factor against his old head coach, Greg Popovich. Taylor Jenkins, head coach of the Grizzlies, used to be the assistant on Greg Popovich's bench. Oh, I'm just saying things now. I don't believe in that, but I do believe in the, uh, I do believe in the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, yeah, I, I, it will be a, a very physical game, and uh, I, I really like the uh, – the giving of a, a, a line with a half point in it. So I, I totally agree. I think the Memphis Grizzlies <laughs> win this game by two and a half points. Oh, wow. Somehow. That'll be a first. Uh, which will which will be disappointing if that does somehow happen, Task, because uh, it won't be in the NBA record books for the first team to ever mm. win by uh, two and a half points, as we all know. Uh, okay, we all are taking Memphis. What about you, Trey? Sure, I'll swerve. Why not? Yeah. Uh, according to Bet MGM, the Grizzlies are a four-point favorite Hmm. right now but uh mark me down for dylan brooks fouling out tonight the guy has led the nba in personal fouls the last two seasons and he's a wing that's pretty crazy stuff demar Derozan getting him with the pump fake tonight six different times give me san antonio okay um ziggy in the uh, stream team says i think the thumb war is the fun arm (laughs) (laughs) well yeah the very end of your arm yeah i guess it's sort of part of your arm is that is that what you're thinking, Lee? This will be just a fun thumb war tonight between the Spurs and the Grizzlies. Not really. No, oh, more okay. your traditional. Uh, what's that movie? Uh, maybe you with... meant like an arm, like a fun arm wrestling matchup to you is like one that goes back and forth, back yeah. and forth. Okay. What, what was that movie? Over the top, I think, with Sylvester yeah. Stallone. They yeah, made yeah. a whole movie out of arm wrestling. Yeah. Just crazy, crazy stuff. Made a whole stuff. meme out of it too. It turned out. <laughs> <laughs> right? Is that where that meme with the, the, the two oh, guys? that's right. Yeah. Uh, is that from Over the Top? Oh, yeah. I think so. Two guys oh, uniting. Unless it's yeah. from Predator. It might be from Predator now, I think. Mm. But anyway. They made a whole sports league out of it, too. It's just an arm wrestling league. Oh, wow. That was happening. <laughs> well, you got yeah, I would say the only not fun arm wrestle is when the arm breaks. That is Ooh. that is not fun to watch. Everything else is equally fun in that it's a guy slamming another guy's arm on the ground. Like, it, it's fine. It's just fine. In Superman 2, when Ursa got into an arm wrestle with the guy in the bar, it turned into full-out, like, war on the street, so... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's a fun one. That's a fun one, too. Okay, they are uh, fact-checking me. I, I did uh, clarify. It is Predator. It's not right. uh, from over the top. Which you would think it's from over the top. Two guys going like this, making a meme, because that's the whole movie, but it is for Predator. All right, good. Well, we got that clarified. Okay, so... Uh, Everybody taking Memphis except for Trey. Let's hear your predictions in the stream team and in the YouTube comments below. Let's get to Tweet of the Night, though, brought to you by BetMGM. Mmm. Tweet of the Night. Wow. Twitter. Yes, well, I uh, I wondered if we were going to get through the show without mentioning it, and we didn't, uh, because it comes from the Indiana Pacers. Uh, before the game yesterday, they tweeted this from the American Chopper uh, meme that goes around, yep. and it's like, the play-in tournament does not count as the postseason. That's his son, isn't it? The other yeah, guy who's yeah, screaming yeah. at him. Yeah, It's happening after the season, so what else would you call it? <laughs> Dad comes back with, the stats from the play-in game aren't recorded as postseason <laughs> stats. <laughs> not done yet. It goes to, <laughs> well, they aren't regular season stats either, so what are they? Dad finishes with, I have no idea. <laughs> and I think that sums it up for everybody. No right. one really knows. No one... Everyone's like, well, it's not the regular season anymore. Yeah, but that's also not in the playoffs. So, uh, 
What would you put them in? I would put them in the playoffs. So I think I. they're playoffs. Yeah, I yeah. would. I mean, if I have to pick one or the other, I'm putting them in the postseason, not the regular yeah. season. Uh, yeah. But it does seem like the NBA is creating just a, a complete separate thing. Like, there mm-hmm. will be records for play-in games, I guess. Like, Tatum right now has the play-in record. <laughs> Most points ever in a <laughs> yeah. play-in game. Yeah. Um, which is a little weird, um, but that's what they're going with. I guess they're really... I mean, when, they, when they're saying that to me, they're like, oh, we're doing the play-in game for a long time. This ain't going anywhere. Like, we're, go- we're going to be creating a whole new infrastructure on the NBA.com website. we got Schumann <laughs> working on that right now. So this ain't going anywhere. Uh, got to update yeah. the mainframes. I saw somebody in the stream team suggesting that perhaps the reason that uh, there's not clarification on whether the stats are going into regular season or postseason is that there are a lot of incentives that are tied to, like, regular season statistics yeah. or perhaps postseason statistics so maybe they hmm. uh, hadn't figured it out with the unions and stuff yet how that's going to be tabulated it's possible it's very odd though that these games just happen and the only thing we care about is the w or the l at the end of it all yeah mm-hmm. um and it's pretty funny that that meme was coming from not just some random nba yeah. fan out there that's from the pacers themselves <laughs> like an actual <laughs> nba team who's Man. playing in the play-in tournament yeah like, they don't even know and are making fun know. of it. Yeah, it's funny. Sorry, Taz, yeah. what were you going to say? Well, no, I, I guess the idea is that you don't want to mess with the, the historical stats. Uh, but I, I think if you got to choose one, you'd mess with the playoff stats than the regular season stats. Because the regular season stats are a little bit higher on the hierarchy, you know? Like, that matters a little bit more. Every team plays the same amount of games. But I, who knows? I mean, it doesn't really matter a lot. The, the thing that I found weird uh, this week was... Uh, Rudy Gobert was given the the block title for the regular season. If yeah, you guys yeah. saw that, yeah, uh, at two point seven because uh, Miles Turner didn't play in the required amount of games, even though he had three point four blocks per game. Mm-hmm. But then came out the ruling that even if Miles Turner played in those games to get to that requirement and had zero blocks in those games, he still would have more than two point seven. Oh wow! Uh, of Rudy Gobert, so they gave Miles Turner the block. Uh, <laughs> And that and that's the way the rule goes. That if you give a guy zero across the board to get to that threshold, then that determines who gets the league lead in block. So he won it three point four. Cool okay. story. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like why? Like why wouldn't you just do t- totals at that point? Like why are we? Like if that? Like why, <laughs> why, why, why do you need the division game? part of it? Yeah, yeah, that's a good, no. that's a great question. Uh, rules, man. Yeah, <laughs> rules for numbers. It, it, like, what's the alt? What is the all-time record for points scored in a playoff game? Is it still MJ? Does he 69? have sixty-nine? Is it that or sixty-three? Yeah, 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 yeah. Does anyone have more than that in a playoff game? Obviously. Uh, yeah, that might be right. Yeah, so yeah, I think 63, it is. Sixty-three. Yeah, right in the in the game against the Celtics. Yeah. So like. You know, Tatum scores 50 last night. Like, who's to say Curry doesn't score yeah. 64 points tonight? I just got to know right now, like, does Curry then have the record? Like, I guess not is what we're getting at. Like, he will not have the postseason record, even though it really feels like a postseason game. He will not have the official record for more points than Michael Jordan in a playoff game. That's weird. That is very weird. That's weird. And it's that very way. plausible. I don't even think it's that far-fetched. Like, I mean, okay, I'm not betting that he's going to score 64 tonight, but he could. He could. He could. Anyway, very, very weird. Very weird. Also yeah. unbelievable, as uh, Ziggy pointed out in the stream team, American Chopper meme is still going, man. American <laughs> sure. Chopper, I guess it's back now. It was on from 03 to 2010, but now it's been back since 2018 to present, at least according 
to Wikipedia, but this is a long-lasting meme for a show that I don't think was, like, the biggest show in the world. I mean, I know there are a lot of American Chopper fans out there. I've watched a ton of episodes, yeah, more than I would have ever guessed, but for a meme that's a show that's 10, 12 years old, very long-lasting. You know, we see this more than the Crying Jordan meme now, which I think is an upset, all I, things considered. I would add to that, for a meme that has a terrible layout to it, too. Very long. <laughs> right? Long it's a, it, you know, it gets condensed. Like, JD had to chop it into two tweets. That was one tweet, of course, the whole mm. thing, the actual meme. But it's like, you know, it's not an aesthetically pleasing uh, layout there for a meme. Yeah, it's, it's held on. Wow. It's very funny. What about Predator? I mean, that's from 1987, isn't it? Sure. The arm wrestling. Sure, yeah. <laughs> it's the beauty point. about memes, man. <laughs> exactly. They never Timeless. go away. <laughs> All right, uh, guys, let's again hear your predictions for tonight's games. In the comments below, we will wrap it up here for a fun Wednesday episode. No beach stepping, as I said, later today. So everybody go back and listen to that fun interview with MSNBC's Chris Hayes from yesterday. You guys did a great job. It was a lot of fun. Check it out if there's, you haven't there's already. There's so much politics in it, though. If you don't yeah. like oh, politics, God. don't listen. Jesus. Yeah. He's kidding, everybody. <laughs> I know some of you are like, dislike, dislike. There's like not a single word about politics said in this thing. It's all basketball. This guy's a diehard. In fact, he's politically correct talking about the two New York teams. So uh, there you go. Oh, he, doesn't, okay. he doesn't take a stance on either one of those. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We'll go check that out. So moving forward here for the rest of the week. I said no beach stepping today. So everybody's got the afternoon off. But we're coming back tomorrow night, Thursday night. There's no morning show. Tomorrow night we'll, re we'll react to uh, the Pacers-Wizards game. And then we'll preview... I guess very likely we'll just do the Eastern Conference uh, playoff series there tomorrow night. And then on Friday night, you know, we'll do something similar where we will react to the final game of the West play-in, whoever will be the eighth seed, and then we'll preview the Western Conference for playoff series. I know there will be a tight turnaround because on Saturday there's some of those playoff series, but all you want to know is, like, what team are you taking and how many games? That's all anyone truly cares about. So that's the plan Thursday and Friday after those final play-in games will jump on YouTube and we'll, we'll all hang out and have a drink and preview those playoff series. Sound good, gentlemen? Mm-hmm. Good, good, Tremendous. good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm -hmm. Everybody have a great Wednesday afternoon. We'll see you tomorrow night, Thursday night, here with the No Dunks podcast and on YouTube. Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, I'm going back to the start of the show. Need to confirm. Trey, tickets confirmed for The Grateful Dead? Uh, it's been a it's been a bit of a slog here, Tassie. Oh, no. Tickets uh -oh. confirmed for Atlanta, but the Deadheads all around are having problems getting tickets for the Raleigh show. First show back, everybody was too excited, so gonna have to reconvene here and figure out if we can get some lawners. Oh, so it's gonna oh, take yeah, as long to get a Grateful Dead ticket as it takes to hear a Grateful Dead song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Okay. I turned on fire on the mountain at the start of this show, hoping to lock in my tickets. The solo hasn't even finished yet, <laughs> Skeets, and I'm waiting, waiting for confirmation. All right. Grateful Dead, as timeless as the chopper <laughs> meme. Brace the day, people.
As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.